0: setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power. Superpower.
1: You're the king, I tell right? you! are king!
0: Only for Super NES.
2: Listening to the SNES podcast with your host Soulblazer.
1: Hello, everybody! Welcome to Super NES Podcast, episode number one fifty-nine this time around. Uh, thank you again, as always, for joining us. Uh, I'm Greg, one of your two regular hosts, joined by my other regular host, Joe. Hello. Uh, and we are again very honored and very pleased to have a to have a guest host with us for this episode. Um, Long time away from the podcast, but definitely like one of the, but definitely definitely one of the best guys to have on here because of the wealth of knowledge and information uh, information that he always brings brings with us. I'm very pleased to welcome back uh, Nicholas to the podcast again. Uh, so how's it going, Nick?
2: Uh, the honor is all mine, Greg. Uh, nice to be here. Everything's going great. How about you? Uh
1: Pretty good, all things considered. I mean, like you know, um, you know, staying safe, staying, staying healthy. I think that's, I think that's the best that any that any of us out there right now can wish for. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, um, so, uh, so uh, Nick, uh, we'll keep you chanting the podcast to talk about any uh, current stuff you want to plug or pro, 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 plug or whatnot. But since it has been a while, um, do you mind giving listeners, um, maybe for anybody out there who's new to the podcast or anybody out there who's been a while? Do you mind just getting a quick summary summary like about some of your some of your um uh you know some of your background interests and like you know um you know um, um just real quick how you came to um how you came
2: to really to really like to really have a big interest in like pinball tables sure um so i uh do a whole lot with pinball um everything from building custom games to uh even building a couple of commercial games but uh the thing that that really got me into it was my parents when uh i was young we would uh stop into arcades my parents were very into arcade games and pinball and they would uh you know let us as kids uh go play whatever and and uh really instilled a love of of the game in me um and i've been uh really excited to learn about the internals of the games. I've been fixing pinballs for uh, about a decade now, and it's uh, very rewarding to take, you know, a machine that's that's been dead for many years, or even decades in some cases, and bring it back to life. Um, so that that's my main interest, and then uh, I also... Uh, do a lot with uh, with building games as I mentioned and I'll talk more about those at the end but uh, that's that's really where pinball comes in it's a it's a big component in my life uh, be, because of <laughs> all that stuff yeah so, um, yeah
1: I, yeah because I remember playing playing a lot of pinball as a kid like in arcades and it's kind of really unfortunate these days because it's like pinball is very hard to find anymore out there like you know like places that actually have new tables because it's like at least like in my area, the only places that have pinball tables would either be like some of the some dedicated like barcades slash mm-hmm. uh, slash like slash like like slash like classic arcades, uh, or curiously enough, the airport. The airport the gaming lounge stores, like pinball tables in there. So, but yeah, just like you know, but you know, but even those places, it's older tables. It's like I know companies like Stern are still making are or, or, or still making new tables, but it's, it, it, it seems to be almost impossible to impossible to, to actually like find anywhere that actually has them to play them.
2: Yeah, the the big issue with pinball, as far as operations go, is that it's uh, very expensive to maintain. It's it's not like an arcade game where you just uh, walk up and, and Windex a screen and you know clean off the joystick every once <laughs> in a while. Um, you you have to do a lot of maintenance and preventative maintenance uh, to keep a pinball game running uh, nicely, and uh, that that requires somebody who's really dedicated to to pinball as a concept, and many operators. You know they have phased it out because of the high maintenance costs um, in in the day, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they would have technicians that that only did pinball, and they would go from site to site and and fix the games. But uh, over the years that that has really dropped off. Um, and if you look at the earnings of of a typical pinball versus, say, a, a driving game, you know the driving game is going to earn a whole lot more in a much shorter period of time than a pinball will. So from an operation standpoint, it, it's it's a tough sell. It's got to be somebody who really loves it. Uh, so you know I'm I'm really glad that there are barcades and and even the airport operator. You know that's that's really pretty unusual. Um, in in my area, we've got a private club and we've got uh, several which are uh, at a bar we have one operator who's really super dedicated to pinball and then we've got a couple of um, smaller folks who who uh, put their stuff they're equally dedicated uh, in bars and so forth but um, not not very much around here either and and that's pretty typical throughout the US I think Sure yep that makes sense So um anyway, uh, Joe, let me ask you since you um you
1: know since the first time covering pinball uh, a pinball game in this podcast, uh would you have any history of pinball? Like how do you uh, so how do you like like it or don't like it? Uh I
0: love pinball. Uh this, it, to me it is the most complex yet simplest form of gaming. You have a table with all sorts of mechanical stuff inside, you know, that you, you know, us average people don't you know understand or can comprehend but yet the idea of pinball there's a steel ball that just you know is launched onto the play field and you flip those flippers half the time you don't even know what you're doing you're just flipping the flippers you don't want it to fall in between and you it's it's loads and loads of fun i remember going to chuck e cheese um which was you know a good portion of my experience as far as uh pinballs went Chuck E. Cheese used to have like two or three that'd be available. One of the big ones would be uh, Adam's Family, which is mm-hmm. still to this day one of my favorite tables. And the other was uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. And uh, as far as <clears throat> some of my newer tables, because um, there's you know some great tables in the '80s like Pinbot and um, uh, what's it, uh the the one with the car um High Speed. Thank you. <laughs> the, you know, I love those those games as well. And, and you know, um, around uh, Greg and I, um, since you all know that we live relatively close to each other, um, Fun Spot in New Hampshire is the only place I can think of um, outside of Barcade in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Fun Spot in New Hampshire is the closest place that you can really play pinball and at the full experience. They have I think over a hundred pinball machines. And mm. I mean you name it, if it was popular they have it and they have some of the um the older um games like Central Park mm-hmm. and uh, there was another one that's like Central Park that they have as well. So they had you know they have a pretty good variety and I, I'll go up to New Hampshire just to do that. You know, yeah I'll I believe they the have other- Three to four hundred games that are there, right, you know what yeah, I mean, and yeah, exactly, just play yeah. Them pinball. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, yeah. I believe they have a. Yeah, yeah. I believe they have a working Hercules too. As a matter of fact.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. That's that's prominent. Almost as soon as you walk in the door, it's right yeah. there in front of you. Right. Largest so, yeah. pinball you know machine ever made. Blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> an interesting <So>. one.
2: <laughs> yeah, a, I'm
0: sure. Yeah, you know, I playing it's, it is ridiculous. I yeah. think I tried. I attempted. it I think twice, and I was just like, I, yeah it's just too big <laughs> i've heard that yeah it's like you know
1: it, uh, yeah yeah i've definitely heard that it's like you know people have said like you know like it's all style it's all style, like you know gameplay uh, <laughs> right as, right as, as far as, as far that as goes so i it's, i never i, I never so yes yeah, so i've never played one unfortunately it's been a long time but for a long time but like said, it's been a fun spot but um but uh, yeah but but yeah star trek next generation i agree with you that's that. that's probably my favorite pinball table bar none it's just an amazing table but you yeah it's know, a great table you know being a star trek fan anyway but the actual yeah. like the game modes, <laughs> the the game modes and the voices and the gameplay is just like so good on that table. But mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so um there is a um so there is a there there is an event that's usually done in Massachusetts uh, every year. Um, it's a uh like an arcade expo, uh, an, a expo, a traveling a traveling pinball uh convention. I don't remember the exact it's, name of it. It's a uh, fantastic
2: uh, New England.
1: Yes. So there you go. they obviously obviously didn't have it last year because of right. last year because of the pandemic, but uh, I just got a notice
2: have... that they're planning to have it in November of this November, year. November, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's we nice. definitely should go to
1: that Joe because, because that's a blast. They have like they have like hundreds of pinball games all set there for like free play. So yeah. from like, you know, going back from like oh, the really going back to like really old stuff like in the 30s up to like brand new like brand new tables. Mm. So, uh all set for free play. So just like you have to just uh, you know, you know your yeah, uh, uh like your pass your your, your, your two day pass or whatever just covers the cost of that so right but that's a great chance to be able to like play pinball so and yeah that, and that's really where i discovered a couple of years ago talking about like the tables themselves that's where really, you know you know that's really where i discovered um just how important that you know that like nudging that bumping a table is because it's mm-hmm. like you know because just because in the past as a kid it's like i never did that because it's like two reasons one it's like as a kid money's precious precious for you you're not going right. to like waste a quarter on a game and then like you know be tilted like right away on it and, and um and lose your money. I mean like da, 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 I mean like, I mean no kids just like do that. But um second and second also the fact that some arcade operators are very very possessive about the tables. So yeah. um so like but yeah so it was yeah so it was that they actually they actually they're actually there actually was somebody there uh, there at the yeah uh, the, the expo the last time I went. I was like you know yeah you know like it's okay to do this on these tables because to because they're designed to do that um mm-hmm, so, and you know since they are on free play it's like you know well as long as nobody was waiting i would, as waiting behind me i would take two ch- two chances of the table first table i would just mess around with an experiment with it and try to find how um you know how sensitive the table was because some tables, some tables are, some tables you simply, some tables you can like mug almost and uh, like the tilt <laughs> like, won't go off. And, 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 um, and, 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 whereas other tables, you, you, other tables, you like so much like breathe on it and like tilts on it. So it's like, right. you gotta discover yeah. like how the towers is for each table, and whatnot. But then the second game, once I learned that, the second, the second game I played on it was actually like my real game. It's like, yeah, that's that's what separates, that's where I learned, that's what separates really the novice players and expert players. It's like, like right. careful the careful strategic use of like, the general like slap of the hand or bump of the arm or whatever to nudge to nudge the ball just enough to get it like, out of the way because it's like there is that there's that Nick maybe there's a maybe it's a pinball specific term for this but that like the technical term which like you see the ball going right down the center the 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 the, the center and you know it's gonna drain uh, drain or uh, drain like unless you bump it so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. being able to identify that and, and knowing just how much to bump on it. That's that's a really critical aspect of pinball play. I never already got to that point. Uh, um you know, all those years playing pinball and I never really realized it realized it like that day, so.
2: So, um, I listened to uh, the Jaguar game by game podcast where Shinto was talking about uh, pinball dreams, I believe. Yes. And yep, I know that episode. He, he mentioned something which I thought was uh, pretty appropriate and that's that the listeners might not be familiar with pinball as a concept. Um, which is not, mm. you know, it, I'm so seeped in it every day that I don't really think <laughs> about it, but, um, if anybody's listening and, and isn't aware, um, pinball is a game, as Joe mentioned, you know, it's, it's mechanical, you have a physical steel ball that rolls on a play field, which is typically plywood, and you're hitting, uh, targets, uh, small uh, things on the playfield which, uh, interact with the ball in some way. So they might just be vertical and they rebound the ball, but they award you points, uh, or score for, for hitting them, or they might be things like, uh, a kick-out saucer where you land the ball into it, it sits there for a moment and then kicks it out at a particular angle. Um, so the way the, the game is designed, uh, is going to influence how the ball travels and Uh, Because of that randomization uh, of the steel ball actually moving in physical space, it's different than a a video game where there, especially an arcade game, where there are typically patterns to memorize. Um, In pinball, there are shots that you want to make. (laughs) But the likelihood of you doing that is uh, usually inversely proportional to uh, the designers intent and the number of ways to win so in games from say the 1950s there were typically uh three four five even six different ways to win uh and you might get really close on four out of six of them but never quite win on any of them and in my mind those electromechanical games uh are really the the Pinnacle of that type of design, and it's it's very interesting to me that they were able to create so many different scenarios like that um, so long ago, and and that design uh, idea has carried forward to modern times in different ways. So as as the years progressed, they included more. Um, elements like ramps where uh, the ball will be elevated above the physical playing surface. Or uh, flashing or strobing lights. Um, things like color changing LEDs uh, which will illustrate which shots you need to make at, at which time. Um, and and various complex bits of software and of course fancier and fancier score displays. Um, in the initial earliest days of the early 30s, you had to manually tally your own score. Mechanical totalizers came after that, then lighted scoring, score reels, and eventually um, the uh, alphanumeric displays and numeric displays of the 80s, and onto uh, dot matrix displays of the 90s, and and now there are full LCD uh, displays for the scoring. So, it's Pinball as a uh, concept is, is pretty interesting, and, and the history is really fascinating.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Anybody out there who has any kind of interest in games, history, or history, whatever. I mean, like, video game history is interesting, I think, but pinball history is fascinating to me. Because, like, it's really uh, the ups and downs, and struggles, and, and tribulations that the industry's had over the years. I highly recommend anybody out there who's interested to definitely just like, you know, like, grab a book, grab a good article on it, uh, like online. There's, there's plenty of information out, uh, like, out there, like, about the history, the, the, the history of pinball. So, I,
2: I uh, may have a good recommendation at the end of this <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> um,
1: so is the pinball still made out of steel? I, I didn't realize yes. that.
2: Yes. Yep. Um, okay. traditional pinball, uh, or modern pinball, I should say, the ball is one and one sixteenth of an inch. Um, in the older games, uh, it was one and one eighth, and especially in, in the gambling pinballs where, um, I, that's my particular fascination, that's one and one eighth, typically.
1: Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and nowadays there's still two companies
2: two companies making pinball tables, like, is that uh, correct? There's quite a few now. Um, okay. There have been more and more. Uh, so the ones which are shipping games, uh, there is Stern Pinball in Illinois, Jersey Jack Pinball, which was in New Jersey and is relocated to Illinois. Um, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> multimorphic, uh, which is uh, my personal favorite. They are in Texas. Um, that's where I've released... Uh, my commercial games. So, um, and uh, there are a few other players. Uh, Spooky Pinball in Wisconsin, um, you know, outside of Illinois. Um, so they're they're kind of in that that bubble up there. Um, and then uh, Dutch Pinball overseas. Those are the the only companies shipping games. But there are a few other companies who've uh, described intent to create games as well. So,
1: cool. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Yeah, no, I was familiar with like you know, Stern Jersey Jersey Jacks. I hadn't realized. I hadn't realized that, other, that I hadn't realized that other companies had, had joined the fray in more recent years. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, um, okay. Um, awesome. Well, uh, we. So yeah, because uh, um, yeah. So we are looking at another pinball game that came out in the um uh that came on the Super NES like this podcast and like you know, knowing Nick. Knowing Nick's love for pinball uh, and everything in his knowledge and whatnot, it was a natural choice to ask him to come back to the comeback podcast to talk about a game. Uh, we decided, to, so we decided to look at a game that that uh, a game that none of us, I believe that's correct, had had played before in the past. Um, so, um, <laughs> no, this was
0: definitely new, <laughs> yep. new to me so, as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, so yeah, so uh, there were. Yeah, this uh, this this looks like the most interesting game on the system on the system on, on the system left uh, on the system to cover. So that's why I picked this one. Uh, it's a game called Battle Pinball. So uh, there are eight super there are eight super NES pinball uh, pinball games that came out uh, during the, during the lifetime of the console. Four of them were American, four of them were Japanese only. Um, so we've already covered in this podcast three out of four <laughs> of the American of the American releases. Uh, those would be Pinball Dreams, Pinball Fantasies, and Super. Um, um, and um, and Super Pinball. So, if anybody <laughs> wants to hear about those games, uh, look in the archives. Uh, Nick joined us in the first two of those for the 1900 Game by Game podcast. We was this for, for Super Pinball. So, um, the last the last American pinball game is called Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle Games, which is kind of <laughs> like a uh, a Lion King uh, Lion King uh, inspired rip off bunch of like mini pinball games on it. So, um, in Japan. Uh, there was a sequel to Super Pinball called Super Pinball 2: Amazing Odyssey, which we may have to look at it at some point in the future because that also looks pretty good. Um, it was a game called American Battle Battle Dome, which is kind of like a three. It, it looks like a three-player kind of like Pong-ish version of pinball, where it's like, um, where it's like it's where it's like it's a Pong table, but instead like, it, but instead there's flippers. Like, um, is it, is uh, it like, uh, like a so.
2: Warlords or something?
1: Yeah, kind of similar like Warlords. Warlords in design, like designing. Like, except it's done with Flippers. you uh, it, it looks pretty interesting. So, huh. um, there was, uh, there was, there was, there was Jackie Crush, which is part of the same, the same legacy of games, uh, like the Alien Crush, Demon Crush games. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, and then finally, there's this game, Battle, uh, Battle Pinball, which we're looking at here today. So, um, Battle Pinball is a combination uh, pinball game with some, with some, with some action elements, th- elements, th- elements thrown thrown into it. So. It kind of you know um you know, it's kind of a hard game to describe exactly for like what it is so because it is pinball but then pinball but then but then it's not pinball so um so let me get into the technical information uh, information on this first uh this game was made so this game was developed in 1993 uh, sorry 1994 published in 1995 um it was done by a company called uh, Banpresto which was a very large Japanese publisher of the time. Uh, they were around from look it looks like 1990 to like 2009. So many games across many systems: Game Boy, NES, Super NES, MSX, arcade, PlayStation, Turbo, Turbo CD, etc. Most of their games were Japan only. Uh, they only had a few games came out in the North uh, in North America. Um, Joe, you might have played this one: Mighty Morphin Power Rangers like Genesis. That like was one of their games. Yep, yep. So that's one of the. So that so um there was also there was also there was also uh, air gout in the arcade in nineteen ninety six. Um and just going down the list here the list here listed like real quick. Uh Super Robot Tizen for the Game Boy Advance, Looping the Third for the uh, PS two, those are um, uh, uh, Super Robot Tyson there two again uh, again for Game Boy. Uh, and uh, Wacky Races in the Arcade, two thousand eight. Those are the only games that came out in North America that mm-hmm. this company made, so definitely a very japanese only company so yeah
0: they um, specialize in the ultraman uh cayman rider and uh a lot of a lot of licensed stuff yes and gundam yep. and gundam, gundam games, and stuff yep, which exactly which is it's, more popular there than it is here so yes. that's why you know is, we didn't see a lot of these games exactly that they made
2: by, does the ban and Band presto stand for bandai any by any chance
1: ah uh, <laughs> i don't i don't know that's that. a good question because yeah okay. ban,
2: bandai owns uh the copyright for Gundam. Um, right. Mm. And I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know about Ultraman or Kamen Rider, but uh, or Common Rider, but uh, yeah, I I was just curious, because I, I thought these might all be licensed Bandai properties.
1: They might be. Yeah, uh, you know, makes sense. So, um, so this, so, this, uh, so this pinball game itself, and I didn't know this, and I started to research, research on it, is actually part of a franchise. Cool. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is part of the this is part of the, uh, Kampati or the Great Battle series. So, uh, this is a series of games that's all loosely connected uh, to one another, all put out by the same company. Uh, from 1990, for uh, 1990, from 1990, until 19, until, right, until Robert 2015. So, uh, they're all loosely connected in the same franchise. It's like, and, and and they're called that because it's like, these are all like, the characters, the characters in the games are all the, the characters in the games are like all the same. So, um, you know, we have like, the first game was like SD Battle of Mazu, the NES 1990, and then you also have like, a Great Battle, like Hero Senkai, Battle Soccer, Great Battle Cyber, Battle Baseball, um, great, uh, great Battle 3, um, you know, Battle Crusher, you know, so on and so on. So, uh, they're all very loosely connected together because the same, the same company developed them, and also because the same, a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same characters uh, appear in the game. And this one's true too for that. It's like, it's like, I think a big reason why this game never came out in North America at the time was because most of the characters, no, because because these characters were characters were known by Westerners at the time, so mm-hmm, right. I mean, I mean, I recognize, I mean, I I mean, I recognize some of the characters now. I know who right. they are because, because because more recent years, more recent years, they, they've been brought over to the West. We know who they are, but back in 1995, everybody, uh, back, back, back in back back 1995, everybody would like, "Who are these people?" So, mm-hmm. um, this is a very Japanese-designed pinball game. As far as that, uh, as far as, like, uh, as far as. The, uh, as, far as the, like, as far that goes, also, so,
0: I, I just wanted to jump in real quick and confirm sure. Banpresto is owned by Bandai, it's an, uh, an
1: extension of Bandai. So. Great, <laughs> got it, yeah. So, <laughs> that makes that, sense, yep, that makes sense. So, but, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, as far as the game itself, I did not find, um, so a lot of the games in English, so like, you don't really need to, um, I was able to figure out to figure out what's going on in the game plus I was a pinball it's like you know there's not really a need for like any kind of heavy story story based stuff anyway I mean I well, mean, yet there they is a, tried I, here well yeah there is a story <laughs> uh I have no idea I have no idea what it is there, I don't, because uh, this game this this game this game this game's pretty obscure we'll talk about this later on with pricing but um nobody translated this wrong nobody's really done any any kind of no nobody's nobody, nobody's really done any kind of like deep write up on this game either for that hmm. matter so, like like fine so um most of the Japanese the game is in the story of this game which I have no idea what it says but it's like I guess you're I get the impression that I think I get the impression that it's like you're controlling a hero trying your a hero <laughs> trying to find a hero trying to beat a villain because there's a boss fight uh, a boss fight fight in each table so um so
2: I actually did uh google translate in real time with my phone uh oh with this so if you're interested (laughs) in the story (laughs) yeah i've made good use of that in in recent years because i've been playing more japanese stuff but um are you interested in the story it's exactly three lines three lines long all right (laughs) the first line group of heroes the second line help the heroes the third line hello (laughs) <laughs> i i suspect the third one might be a mistranslation but um, right. <laughs> uh on that third one uh it's worth noting that it says hello and there are a pair of red eyes like like a demon or something uh it reminds mm. me of the box art for the guardian legend for the nes mm. uh, okay you're yep, familiar yeah. with that um, Yep, i am so so not something i would expect <laughs> to say hello but there you have it <laughs>
1: <laughs> right but uh uh, yeah, so once you get past that, though, every um, you know, every uh, everything on the game screen like is in English, so thank God. But uh, because uh, the game screen, the game screen, the game screen is pretty standard for a pinball game. You have like the score, the current bonus, the current bonus, uh, pl- uh, the current bonus in, in play, as well as the multiplier. Uh, there's also the number of balls left, and there's also there's also there's also something called the fuel bonus. So um, maybe you can help me on this, Nick. My first field bonus was like you know how much. How much bonus points are possible to earn on that table? Um, uh, by that the time that's what it seemed like.
2: I I wasn't able to figure that out. So, <laughs> I was yeah, kind of hoping that's what it is. So. You would have the answer to that one. Yeah, but, uh, that's my uh, best guess. Is what this
1: plays? What it is? Yes. So you know, like a total, you know, you know, like total number of points that you get from uh for bonus for clearing the table. So that's what it seems like that it is. But they um. So game options are pretty limited. You are able to pick the uh uh you're able to uh you're able to pick the table that you can uh that you want to start at at the start of the game. But um and then, and then that point you just go in sequential order uh as you advance through each like through each like through each like through each uh, like through each table. I counted six tables in the game. Uh, Nick, did your own did your own gameplay seem to confirm that? Uh, I only saw four. Um, Four. Okay. However, it's a little bit, it, it, I, it's a little confusing to try to figure out what's part of like what what screen, probably like, what table. So <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Are, are you? Uh, did you finish any tables? Did you complete any boss battles? Either of you? Yes, I did. Yep. You
1: did.
0: Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I completed um, the guy that separates into three different pieces with yeah. the tanks rolling on the bottom. I beat that one.
2: Okay. Um, I did not finish a single one, so I was curious if <laughs> oh. maybe if you finished one, <laughs> it would. Uh, open up an additional table, or, you know, maybe that was... No,
0: I I also counted four. Okay. I don't know where Greg's getting the extra ones.
2: I'm mean, getting the
1: extra ones because Nick's right. If you do finish off four tables, it is, it's, like it's unlocked, like, a final table for you. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, so, uh, with the, with the final boss, per se, that you have to, like, uh, fight, so, um, okay. but yeah, yeah, so, um... This game is pretty hard to describe, uh, to describe because like I said before it's kind of a combination of like action fighting stuff with like pinball. Um, Nick, do you have a, um, do you maybe have a summary that might be a little bit more concise than what I'm struggling to come up with?
2: It's, uh, if you imagine a, a pinball machine where all of the physical switches are replaced with, uh, moving targets. So they're they're little Mm. animated characters walking around and you have to hit them pretty much. There there are Mm. a couple of static targets. Uh, For example, there's one stage uh, where there are uh, switches that you can hit on one side of one of the playfields. Or there's another one where you have to knock out bricks, kind of like Breakout or Warlords. Um, but uh, aside from those, pretty much everything that you are hitting with the ball is some kind of moving character element. That's a very good way of putting it. Yes, thank you. So, um, but yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So, um, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, before I before I ask Nick, because I'm sure uh, uh, Nick uh, Nick his his thoughts on the game, because I'm sure that Nick probably has a lot of information to share with us. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let me just give my thoughts of the game on the game like real quick. Uh, this is. This this is uh this is very kooky, but it's also w- kooky and weird, but it's also fun. Uh, I definitely had fun playing this. It's 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 hard. This is a very hard. This is a this is a very hard pinball game. Um, you know, it um it definitely takes some trial and error. Definitely takes some luck. Definitely takes some patience. But I like the aspect of like trying to like actually to, like trying to like hit moving hit the moving targets and trying to and trying to um you know, trying to advance because the tail was themselves I made up like two or three screens so. <laughs> Um, and, and, the, um, and the actual boss battle at the end is a very nice touch to touch of the game. I thought it's a very interesting. It, it was very. It was a very interesting idea about combining action, you know, like actual, like you know, tr- like like more, more skill, more arcade elements, you know, elements like a pinball game. So whether or not it works, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. But I happen to like it. I think it's um you know like I thought it was like pretty a pretty good concept graphics graphics are very good they're very detailed cute colorful, uh, very nice uh, music was also like pretty good um, I wish you had wish um, I wish you, I wish you had, I wish, you, I wish you had additional flippers uh, because you only have the two flippers in the the, the the two main flippers in the bottom uh, to use but um and there were some cheap deaths I think uh, um, I, um I think that um I think because of that but uh yeah oh' all no all, this is pretty this is this is a pretty fun game for anybody looking for like a, a different take on pinball so uh
0: Joe what do you think about the game like overall I actually really like this game. I went into this not expecting to, not so much not like it, but not to have as much fun as I did. Um, Each table or that play field just pops off the screen. It's so colorful Um, and there's stuff going on everywhere. Like the first couple times I would play the tables, um, because I did alternate through the tables even if I couldn't complete them. I got to see all the cool little animations, and, you know, I'd see the little details, like, you know, there's this one point where, like, there's, like, little blades of grass that are actually, like, swaying in the wind, which I thought Mm -hmm. was really cool. Nice little touches. Stuff like that. Um, It's just, like, I don't know. Like, I was used to, like, pinball in the NES, and, you know, like, I've played Devil's Crush and stuff like that, so I know that there could be potential there, but for the most part, like, you know, pinball's your standard pinball game, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, this actually, you know, surprised me. I yeah. I played this more than I thought I was going to. I probably put a good two hours into it, <laughs> mm. just uh, you know, playing around and looking at all the levels. Like, I wanted to see everything that I possibly could. Um, the boss battles were pretty tough, though. Yes, so they are. I yeah. I got through. You know, there's this one where like this guy, you know, gets into like multiple layers, and he kind of. It floats around, kinda of circulates a little bit, and you got tanks that get in your way that'll you know they're I guess supposed to help you, but if the ball hits them it just knocks the ball back <laughs> at you, which does not help. Right. Um <laughs> So, um yeah, and then you know, it was a fun little fight, you know what I mean? And it's it's I it's like you said, you know, the eight the arcadey part of it um being brought into what would be a traditional pinball. Just kind of makes this game, and it, you know, obviously the the license helps as well. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this.
1: <laughs> yeah, as long as you know that that yeah, like as long as, you know that, uh yeah, but like you know the characters, the characters that this is off from, it definitely helps your, your um, y- you helps your enjoyment factor. It's not necessary, but it does help. Right. So um, but yeah, uh, so Nick, I'm sure this is a very different pinball game from anything you probably played before in the past, right?
2: Yeah, so the the concept that's most similar would be another uh, Japan-only game called uh, Pinball of the Dead. I don't
1: Oh, I've heard of that one. Yes, okay. That's, yeah.
2: That's for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, yes, yep. But in modern days there are digital games made uh, by Zen Pinball uh, for their pinball effects digital mm-hmm. platform and and they have yeah that, yeah yep. some of these type of uh moving elements uh that the ball interacts with and uh multiple play fields and so on so um i i think that might be the actual closest analog to this um mm. that that has been released in the west and those are available on you know steam or or any other modern pc yeah those are and, great collections and, i
1: love those collections yeah and
2: console platform but yeah, yeah. So I have notes about each of the the tables. Do do you all have uh, uh, something like that? Or can can I get into uh, some of the nitty gritty here? <laughs> Go right ahead, sir. Uh, I mean like you know
1: your knowledge like your knowledge and like your knowledge and impressions of these games is definitely like definitely amazing. So um I uh, so I uh, so you've always done a great job in the past with pinball games, so like please feel free to hit us
2: with anything that you've got. Um, well, I I just like to take notes, and uh, so, um, <laughs> the first one I started with was Ultraman, and uh, on Ultraman, uh, you're smashing a, a boulder and fighting a monster which seems to be invading a cityscape, um, and I don't have, uh, like, a, a deep familiarity with any of these properties, so um, mm. that's gonna <laughs> perhaps uh, make my write-ups a little confusing here, but... Um, if you hit the, the monster which hatches from this, uh, boulder, uh, over and over again, you'll eventually destroy it. It will eventually show back up, and you'll have to keep fighting it. Um, and if you free a, um, there's some Ultraman, uh, clone, or maybe it's Ultraman himself, I'm not really sure, but they'll show up on, uh... The right side, the right return lane, and then push you up into the next screen, the next playfield. Um, on the next screen, uh, it's it's another cityscape. It's it's a little more worn down, and uh, if I recall correctly, uh, this is the one that has a cross ramp that's going from left to right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah and uh, kind of a, a building on the right side. Um, and there's this uh, interesting coiled dragon thing on the left-hand side. Uh, and if you hit that, it will uncoil and alter the ball's path. If you, if you hit it, it'll act like a ball guide and, and kind of shoot the ball uh, off in a particular area. If you hit that, uh, that ramp that crosses the playfield, it will drop the ball into the currently lit uh, lane. So there are three different return lanes on the right-hand side, and when you knock them all out, uh, it awards you some points. And uh, then uh, will I don't have a note here, but I think it will also free an Ultraman, which will allow you to progress to the next screen automatically. Yes, if you that's hit right. Hit the ball yeah. in a particular area. Um, there's also a, a house uh, or or a building on the left-hand side, right? next to the cross ramp, and that has a little hidden kick-out. So if you land the ball in that, it'll launch the ball up into the third screen automatically. Uh, So my strategy for that one was to shoot up to the left, and then kind of land back into the house, um, and it'll kick the ball up to the third. Your your goal in each of these tables is to progress through three play fields until you get to the boss on the fourth play field. so, trying to find the most efficient way there was was kind of a puzzle and, and kind of fun. Um, and then the last playfield, the upper playfield, was kind of a construction zone. Uh, and in this one, there's like a statue of a scorpion on the right-hand side. And if you hit that enough times, a series of minecarts will appear. And uh, for each of the tables there on this last playfield, there's a way to start the boss battle with multiball. And in this one, the way you do it is to load up those minecarts. So you have to load up two on the left, and then to actually start the boss battle, you hit one in the minecart on the right. Uh, but if you you can start the boss battle at any time by hitting that minecart on the right. Um, but if you load up the other two first, you start with three balls, and so that's, that's a bit of an advantage. Um, the boss battle is the robot that splits into different parts and starts moving back and forth with the tanks that Joe was mentioning. Uh, so that one I, I didn't finish. I didn't finish any boss battle, so uh, hats off to you. <laughs> uh, I found the the boss battles very challenging. Um, and one thing that's really interesting is that you don't lose your ball in any of these... Uh, I I keep pointing to say machines, but in any of these tables, because uh, unless you drop down through... Uh, the bottom ball return of the bottom playfield. So if you drop from the boss area, you just have to complete that upper playfield sequence again, mm-hmm. unlock the minecart, go back in, fight again. Uh, if you drop down to the middle area, you can go back up to the top and and so on and so forth. So you don't immediately lose. Um, in that way, I think it's really fair, but uh, it is, it's just really challenging. Um, and that boss battle, you have about one-fifteenth of a second to acclimate yourself before you know you really start <laughs> having to having to fight for your life so to speak so um, so that's all I had for ultraman did you did you all have anything to add multi ball is definitely is definitely very helpful with boss fight <laughs> fights
1: uh, like you know, I could not I, I could not beat them beat them without multi ball so it definitely is worth taking the time to like load up your load up your balls beforehand beforehand like you said so uh, but yeah so I i i this t- this table was not my favorite but it's a, a favorite but it's a good
2: table i think it's definitely challenging i i really liked you all had mentioned the graphics and uh the integration of the cityscape with paths that the ball can take yeah i thought was yeah. really great yeah, right yeah. Um, yeah
1: yeah it is though so. uh i also really love the fact that all these tables actually have like multiple playfields because they're play yeah. because it's like there's not many uh, because because like there's not many pinball there's not many pinball games that do that either. It's like video pinball. There's a few that do that. Like, but it's like I always love a yeah. I always love a pinball game where it's like two or three play fields all on the same table. There's like where it's like you know drop on one, go to number two, go to number three, whatever. So yeah. uh, the the only way you can do that. Is, um, so the only way you could. So there are some tables. There are some tables that do that. That do that in real life. Physical tables where it's like there's like the different the different the different playfield areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't I can't think of that. Um, okay. uh, I guess, yeah, haunted yeah, house can't even... or black yes, hole? Yep, that's what um, I going to say.
0: Black hole's the one that comes yep. to mind.
2: Flash yeah. Gordon, no. Black Knight. You know, there's there's a series of them, but there's a trade off because you're talking about physical space, so they have to be stacked yes. on top of one another. Right. Um, black hole and haunted house, in my opinion, did it the best. Black hole. Uh, there's a lower play field, so the ball actually travels down to a play field that's below the main one, but you can still see all of the regular playfield at any time. Haunted House, part of that playfield is covered up by a third playfield which rises above uh, the main playfield. And then Black Knight, Flash Gordon, uh, Game of Thrones, there's a variety of different games that have an upper playfield component and uh, those ones typically cover a large portion of the main playing surface. And and those uh, I find are are less um, appealing to me because so much of that uh, the ball's path that it travels or can travel is either restricted or uh, disappears for long periods of time, and, and mm. it becomes yeah. uh, a little confusing. It makes it easy to lose a ball if, if you don't know where it is uh, physically so I on agree. the surface. Yes,
1: yeah, so I agree with most of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Game of Thrones, I thought, however, did that very well. They were able to get around some of the limitations, I thought, because I played that game quite a bit during the last expo I was at, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you spend most of your time on the upper playfield, which helps, I think, because the ball is not constantly traveling back and forth between them. So it's like you know, I think that because so like so, it seems that the game designers kind of learned some of the lessons from the past and kind of like change that a little bit to try to make it easier. Yeah, just kind own of
2: like personal what, you know, one personal of the, experience. The the worst for that, in my opinion, is Black Knight 2000. Uh, it's got yes, I agree with you on that. Yeah, one of the best soundtracks in pinball, but uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, the ball is is obscured. Uh, large percentage of the time, Um, and some of the shots are very close on that lower playfield, so it it makes it a mean playing game, but not necessarily a fair-to-the-player game, because there's (laughs) uh, so much hidden. But these, uh, I agree with you, you know, having in a digital space, you can have as many playfields as you want, you know, you can extend to infinity, so um, I'm glad that they took advantage of that with each of these and designed separate and distinct I think that's important areas that the ball can travel to um, that have different goals on each uh, section. I I thought that was a really nice touch. Yes, agree. Um, So next in in the list that I have here is Gundam. Um, Gundam is a like a space uh, battle anime Um, and uh, this is kind of a space themed uh, pinball and so on the lower area Uh, you have kind of three large, uh, monsters or robots, and then three smaller ones, and you can blow them up just by hitting them. Uh, the middle area is where I found a lot of fascinating, um, interaction with the ball. So there's, there's like a crashed spaceship or capsule or or something on the left-hand side, and it's kind of in the spot where that, that house was that I was talking about in Ultraman. Mm. Um, and it's also got the same feature. It's, it's actually a hidden scoop, so you can land in the front of that and it will either kick the ball into the upper area or, uh, as I found accidentally, <laughs> it, it'll start an instant multiball. Um, did either of you start that multiball? I, I did not I actually I not. I actually like did not know about that I, I don't know exactly what triggered it and part of that you know Greg had mentioned that there's not uh, much Japanese and that's certainly true in the in the interface like uh, where it tells you the number of balls remaining and so forth but uh, occasionally there'll be like some creature or something that wanders past with the sign in Japanese and uh, have no idea what any of those said <laughs> but um, in this case I, I don't recall any sign but there there is a um, set of rollovers in the upper right and I'm wondering if I cleared those first and then landed in the capsule. That's about the only thing that makes logical sense to me. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, the, the problem with multiball in these areas is that there's intense, intense Super NES slowdown when there's multiball. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. The balls can actually travel freely between each of the areas. If you lose the balls in multiball in a boss fight, they're just gone. So that's that's how they prevented the slowdown uh, in those, is that they limited the amount that the Super Nintendo had to remember and render. Right. Um, but in this main area, I see why they didn't use that gimmick very frequently. <laughs> At least this was the only table that I was able to start like an instant multi-ball anywhere on. Um, and it's just because of the slowdown. It, it made it almost impossible to, to play really until I lost two of the balls. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was a cool touch. Um, Once you uh, get back... Oh, another thing that the ship can do, I have a note here. If you land in that ship, sometimes it'll return the ball to the shooter lane. Um, So it kind of acts as a free ball gate in um, games from, say, the 70s. There's a little wire form that will open up uh, beside the shooter lane. That's where the ball sits when it's waiting for you to launch it. And the ball can return back to the shooter lane to to be reshot. So, kind of an interesting concept, of being able to return from an upper playfield back to that area. Um, the upper playfield reminded me of the Death Star. Did it remind you all of that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it did. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's you know if there's a Death Star like thing in the anime. I have to assume there is. But um, anyway, there there's this huge Death Star, and you're you're firing at these. Stand-up targets which are appear on both sides of this upper play field and kind of around the screen. And there are different moving targets which you can hit which redirect the ball. And your goal once you knock all those out, there are cannons which are firing on the Death Star, and you have to knock those out as well. Once you do that, then three portals open up on the Death Star, and that's how you start your multiball. You can either fire right into the center one to immediately go to your boss battle, or hit the left and right side. Um, the boss looks like a giant Gundam suit, and it's some... <laughs> my note says, some kind of weird X. <laughs> 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 so, I, I have no idea what that is, but... Uh, it it was pretty interesting and killed me almost immediately. Um, <laughs> so, were either of you able to to get through this one?
1: No, and uh, I actually I actually agree with you uh, agree with you uh, agree with you big time about about uh, the uh, 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 big time about this table. This is probably my. My favorite table, as far as like looks and design, I love the whole I love the whole concept of it. Mm-hmm. But the slowdown really made it unplayable, uh, playable multi-ball. So it's like it's like because, because so between that and the boss fight, this, this ended up this ended up being my least favorite table to play. As a matter of fact, because of that, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I, I actually will agree with that. Um, the slowdown really killed this table, and I felt this was one of the most difficult tables because of the slowdown, um, which didn't add to the enjoyment at all. And, uh, I did get to the boss fight, um, but, again, you know, as you said, you know, the flying X's and, you know, him bouncing around and shooting lasers from his (laughs) nether region, uh, yeah, I, I ended up dying, this is definitely, uh, it was a boss fight I thought I could win, and then, uh, it quickly showed me that, uh, I could not,
2: (laughs) it was, it, it was really tough, I was, I was surprised, um. This is the one that I I thought was uh, the best designed overall, but Mm. the boss fight was almost unplayable, I thought. Yes, uh, yep, I agree, totally. Um, Okay, so uh, next up, do you know what the underwater uh, hero is? I don't, unfortunately. I tried to find (laughs) out, but it's like, without knowing
1: the. But yeah, so I'm not a big anime person to begin with, so it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, maybe somebody out there who. Who knows who, who, anime would recognize it But unfortunately that's not me
2: It it reminded me of Aquaman dressed as a Unicorn um, <laughs> Yes <laughs> <laughs> So if that rings a bell for anybody uh, You know that's what it Was but I have no idea what it was either um, So this is an Underwater table this is the third one And uh, there are sea stars Which act as, as kind of uh, Like fidget spinners on the play field You hit them and they start rotating Um, And they redirect the ball, and that's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, The moving targets, or or the targets which are stationary, but they're character-based, are fish or jellyfish. Um, And uh, this table has a three-phase skill shot, so depending on how hard you launch the ball, it'll either return to your right flipper, uh, it will launch out into uh, the table, or it will immediately launch uh, into the second playfield, the mid playfield. Um, the mid playfield, uh, has some sharks, and, uh, there's a ball save post and a ball return gate. Uh, those allow you to, uh, continue playing, basically, in that area. Oh, one thing I didn't mention in either of the previous ones is there, there is a ball save post... And that's, <laughs> that's an up post that appears between the flippers, uh, which will appear on the lowest level uh, that you can qualify <laughs> by doing something. I don't know if it's <laughs> clearing <laughs> targets on the lower play field or what exactly. I was able to qualify it on uh, pretty much every table, though, so I don't uh, unfortunately know what qualifies it, but there is a way to prevent your ball from draining immediately down the center. And right. it'll essentially redirect your ball to the left or right, allowing you to shoot. Um So, on the mid-playfield, there is a blowfish in the upper left, uh, and if you land in this blowfish, it's got a hole in the top of it, which is very odd, uh, (laughs) but that launches you into the, the upper playfield. On the right-hand side of this mid-playfield, there's a turnaround that is covered kind of like Black Knight 2000 that I was mentioning earlier. (laughs) Um, so the ball whips around there really fast, and, um, it's it's pretty cool. I, I, I like uh, you know, the the way that uh, this playfield is designed, this mid-playfield especially for this one. Um, the upper playfield has a, a ray, like a, a manta ray or a sting ray, and um, some kind of... I wrote large fish. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure what kind of fish it is. And they are the moving targets. Uh, there's some sort of weird hotel... <laughs> 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 Which is the uh, the entrance to the, the boss fight and uh, you qualify that by... Uh, I don't... I didn't make it to the boss fight here, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I didn't make it there. Uh, so I'm not sure what qualifies it. I don't know if you have to knock out the ray and the fish. Um, but those there's three doors into the hotel, and I assume they function as the multi-ball qualifier.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep. That's what you do because I got to the boss like, uh, got, like this one. Um. So. Uh. So if you did not get to the boss, like uh, the boss, like, the boss I can help you with that. The boss, the boss, this one is like a giant, like a giant, like mm. uh, a giant, ge- a, ca- a catfish basically it looks like. Mm. Sorry, pufferfish. <laughs> I, I think. Okay. I, I think about. I think. Um. But he's got a, He's got like a. Uh, antenna to his head with like a ball at the end of it that's the, a ball, um, you know, um, you know, that he attacks you with. So, uh, <laughs> it's a uh, anglerfish. Anglerfish?
2: Yeah. Anglerfish,
1: yeah. 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 Blowfish, anglerfish. Yep. Yep. That, that's it. So, uh, not that hard of a boss fight. Just getting to him, I agree
2: with you, was challenging.
1: Once you actually get to him, though, he's not that bad. And,
2: yeah, and you I couldn't get ca- to him. <laughs> did you qualify it by knocking out those large moving targets? Is that. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep that's what you do. So, well, so, I. So, uh, I tried.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, uh, um, so I forgot this. Yeah. So um, I did forget to say this earlier. Um, you know, there is a um, uh, there is there uh, uh, there is there is a little, there is a, there is a little bit of information out there on what uh, uh, um, uh, 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 fighting to the tables. So it's mm-hmm. like uh, they use one table. One table uses Ultraman. One table uses uses Gundam. One table uses uh, Carmen Rider, who's another like popular uh, Japanese uh, hero type. The fourth one uses. Uh, a guy called Fighter Roar, who's an original character by Impresto. So uh, I just don't. Um, I'm just not sure. I think this is. I think. I think this. I think that. I, I think this underwater one is you. uses. I think this underwater guy. Guy. It, it is Fighter Roar. I'm not it, sure because it is. Yeah. Writer. The the,
2: the last Rider one could is, be underwater, but the last one is Carmen Ryder, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, the yep, underwater
0: so. one is Fighter Roar, which you know was just they created He's original. It. Yep. Yeah and, yep. and honestly like in my opinion the playfield shows that like there's a lot less going on it's very bland. I, I aesthetically I did not enjoy this level. Like I just felt that it was boring, not much going on compared to the other levels. Yeah. And uh you know I did watch a YouTube video of the uh the boss fight. And I wish uh it was a little easier to get to the boss fight because the boss fight at least looked fun. But um, yeah, it,
1: yeah, it is a fun fight. The flight. lower yeah, levels so
0: of this yeah. are so bland. Um, I, I just could not get into it.
1: <laughs> so out of the four tables, this was number three for me. It's like you know, not my uh, least not really favorite, but like you know, toward the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so because because the same reasons that Joe and Nick uh, like already mentioned,
2: So So um, ready to move on to Common Rider? Yes, yeah. please. All right. So this is the last of the tables that I got to and that uh Common Rider uh is a hero that is very similar to Ultraman in my mind. Uh yes, he is. Yep. So uh the the style of this table is is kind of similar to Ultraman except instead of in a city it takes place in like uh only a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> um sort of. So there's train tracks on the left, and there are three physical switches that you can hit, and uh, if you complete them all, and then manage to land a ball on that left side it will immediately take you up to the uppermost play field, um so that you can get ready to fight the boss which I thought was pretty cool but it was a, pretty much a magic trick to be able to do it, I (laughs) I did it once, accidentally (laughs) um and the uh the mid play field, uh, you can plunge directly from the lower play field directly onto the mid play field. Uh, this is one of the only ones aside from the underwater one that allows you to do that. Um, there's a spider beetle thing, uh, which is marching towards the flippers constantly. And one of the things that we haven't talked about, but I, I liked about this game, was that there are things which can interact and disable your flippers temporarily. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. Yeah. this is one of those monsters, and it, if it gets too close to your flippers, it'll shoot off spider webs, and uh, they lock up your flippers for a time. and. Uh, the reason I think this is cool is because it doesn't kill you right away. You can you go back down to the lower playfield and then you can shoot your way back up. Right. So um, it's not like uh, really super unfair or anything like that. But it only takes that monster maybe, maybe five seconds to, to make that march down to your flippers each time. So you've got to constantly be hitting it with the pinball mm-hmm. or uh, trying to fire up past it to get up to the upper playfield. Which is pretty challenging unless... Uh, on the right-hand side, there's like a, a building, uh, and if you knock out all the windows, uh, then common uh, Rider will appear up above this beetle thing, and uh, if you hit the ball towards common Rider, he'll uh, take it and kick it or, or drive it up to the, the next playfield. Um, so, on the upper playfield, there's a beetle thing, which is marching back and forth. Uh, and every so often it'll do this magnet attack. This is one of the only magnet-type, uh, ball interactions that happens in the game. And, uh, you, uh, have to wait for it to finish pulling the ball towards you, and eventually it'll release the ball. Now, I never had the ball actually go straight down between the flippers after, uh, it released the ball. Did either of you have that experience? Are you kidding me? Not me. I... I was just wondering if it was even possible. I, I wonder if it's designed in such a way that, um, you know, the the magnet doesn't fire unless uh, it's got a safe return to one of the flippers, which I, I thought was a very nice touch, very thoughtful, um, for the player. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so you know what, uh, guys, I apologize. I wrote the the wrong notes on uh, how to get into the boss fight on the. This one and the (laughs) Ultraman. This is the one where you hit the scorpion statue and uh, it uh, reveals the train cars. Um, So I actually don't know how you get into the boss on Ultraman. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, But uh, the boss itself, this is the one that I came closest to completing. It's uh, (laughs) some kind of animal which is controlling this giant statue which has a variety of faces and you have to knock out each of the faces um th- i knocked out all but one and then uh lost the ball so um oh, that w- sucks w- were <laughs> either of you able to complete this one yes this one i
1: completed um for me personally i actually th- for, for me personally for per- personally this is my favorite table with Light of the four uh mm-hmm. I, I um you know i definitely had a lot of fun with this one i thought it was it was it it, uh, it was fun and challenging without being like without being like a possible punishing. I, I, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't think yeah, you know, I don't think um, you know, I I I I I I don't think that, I don't think this table was difficult as some of the other tables. Uh the element about having the element about having to defeat the defeat the guy before it got down to your flippers was like was cool. So um and the boss fight I think it was the easiest out of the four. I definitely um for me personally at least, like I said, I,
2: uh, I definitely had the, um I definitely had the most fun with this table. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm yeah I would, uh, I would agree with that just from a design perspective I thought it was uh, great the way that there were multiple ways to get to each of the play fields um, I, I really like that and it shows a lot of thought on the uh, developers part that they yeah. were able to design those those different entrances and exits
1: yeah so like I said before um, you know um, if you beat all four like all four tables you could so you're taken to a fifth table which is a boss fight you just simply i mean that's all it is it's just a boss fight mm-hmm. uh, i will post if you want to look at this uh guys i'll post a link to a youtube video in the chat right now which goes through uh which, which is time code directly to that fight so you can see it so oh, yeah. um so that as so that final boss fight is pretty challenging you're trying to defeat a number of like uh side enemies on the side and then like you know hit the actual like Clown robot guy in the center with your ball, and there's gravity effects. So uh, and and it also makes it challenging the fact that the, the fact that the flippers are the top of the screen instead on this one. So it's almost kind of like upside down pinball here.
2: Yeah. So uh, this reminds me of a, a couple of different competitive machines. Uh, the the most famous being uh, Gottlieb's Challenger, um, which was an electromechanical game where two players could play simultaneously and. Uh, they have uh, a pair of flippers which are fighting each other. So it's it's a true battle pinball. But uh, of note is in this boss fight, there's a sign that says Pinbo. Uh, Pinbo is the name of an elephant in the Pinball Circus. Um, oh. Pinball Circus is uh, a machine that never made it to full production. There's only, uh, I believe, two of them that are left. One of them is at the... Uh, pinball hall of fame in las vegas uh, available for public play um you know the developers certainly had no idea of that i believe it was developed you know after this uh game was made but um i just found that amusing
1: oh okay cool but uh yeah so uh this is this is this is actually this is actually a pretty tricky tricky boss fight only uh, only sense of trying to know like where to actually shoot mm-hmm. So uh, but, uh, yeah, once you beat this, the game, uh, you get an ending, you, you, you keep playing, but, um, uh, but, uh, uh, but just the tables, are like, di- uh, tables, 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 tables like, higher difficulty, so. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, we shared most of our thoughts and impressions, and impressions on the game, like, already, so, uh, what do you think about the actual pinball mechanics and physics in this game itself, like, overall, Nick?
2: I thought they were pretty impressive, I've, uh, played quite a few virtual pinball games and uh this one i thought maybe it's because of the the fantasy or or licensed elements or the moving targets something about it really made it appealing to play um even from a pinball perspective you know the shots that they've laid out are very close to the flippers typically but they're all pretty fun to hit Um, this is you know one of the most appealing for sure uh virtual pinball games that I've played especially on the Super Nintendo so um maybe it's because they didn't try to emulate uh real games maybe that's part of it but um I I really liked it how about you
1: uh yeah I thought overall it was, uh um, it was, um, it was, uh you was like uh uh, the physics, the, phys- the physics felt pretty good. Uh, I think it's definitely challenging. I think some of the shots of trying to actually to make are almost impossible unless you, exactly, uh, um, unless you know exactly how to approach it and what to do. But um, as far as the actual me- me- the physics and mechanics and whatnot I, uh, or whatnot, it all seemed like pretty fair. Um, you know, the, uh, the the multi-ball aspect was well handled, I thought, for the most part. Some of the it's interesting having the moving targets to hit because. The action parts of the game really added, or the action parts of the game really make this a lot more, a lot more, a uh, lot more uh, luck-based, I thought, than a usual pinball game because of that. So uh, whether or not you enjoy that depends upon your own um, your your reception about pinball, I think. But uh, I was, um, but but yeah, but yeah. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. It was very, 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 very definitely
2: an interesting, um, interesting take on pinball. So yeah, that that's a good point. I, your pinball play style might. Uh... Have an impact on your enjoyment with this. I, I'm uh, kind of an on-the-fly player, so when the ball hits the flipper, I line up my shot and you know let fly. But there are some people who uh, like to hold the ball on the flipper and then really plan where they're gonna shoot, and those players yes. yep. might might have more trouble because of uh, uh, all the moving elements on the on each playfield.
1: Yes, exactly. I um yep. Uh, I, I um but I definitely. Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, I think so. Also, so um, so there are a couple of cheat codes uh, available available in this game, which is kind of unusual for unusual like a pinball game. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have so? One of them is uh, you're able to. Uh, um, so one of them is you're able to change. There's, there's, this this is curious. I don't I don't know why they'd hide this because because um. Because uh, there, because I mentioned before, there's no option screen per se, but there is a way to be able to set some of the options of the game. So, um, uh, um, so the title screen, if, like you push down, 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 A, Y, select, select, it opens up a configuration screen where you can adjust the extend and the ball settings uh, that the game uses. So, like I said, why is this hidden? I don't know, but it seemed like it would um, it would like it be nicer to have it actually available to the player to, to the player tweak those themselves. But you know, it, but whatever, like it is what it is. So. <laughs> um uh, uh there's also a way there's also a way to uh uh there's, uh, uh, there's also a way to get, there's also a way to continue after uh, after game over if you lose all your balls so huh. uh this code will allow you to start back this code will allow you to resume play the last stage that you reached uh you have to do uh y x a b select to do that hmm. so uh those two codes should be able to help you with some of the some of the gameplay mechanics um uh, like sure so um, I mentioned before that this game is pretty obscure. Uh, there's several reasons for that, I think, because, you know, obviously being Japanese only, um, you know, the character, the characters that this game uses were not really known in the West at the time. So um, it doesn't appear also that... It, um, So it doesn't appear... It, 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 like, it doesn't appear that this game got a pretty big print run either, for that matter, because uh, on eBay, there's very, very few copies of this game like being so. sold. As a, matter of, as a matter of fact, this is probably... In the history of the podcast, this is probably the hardest game to find on eBay we've covered so far in the podcast. So, hmm. um, like I said, I can only like I said like I said I can only guess at the reasons. I think because it looks like it um you know it looks like it was probably a small print run um that that made uh, a small print run that may have been affecting it. So, uh, or also also just the fact that this game was just was just so popular with the fans that they just simply just hoarded all the copies of it. So. Um, I only found on eBay on eBay the time of the, uh, um, uh, 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 the time of the research on this on uh, uh, um, you know on April first a mere two copies about the game being listed on eBay with no copies with no copies that I recently sold so hmm. yes yeah, a very a very obscure very hard game to get a hold of so um, for the uh, uh, for the copies that are, for the copies that were listed uh, on eBay currently they're both from Japanese sellers so these prices are going to include shipping for are going to are going to include shipping for Japan. One of them was card only, and one of them was also complete. Uh, one of them was also complete in box with the, uh, um, you know, the uh, uh, the game, the manual, in the box. So, um, the person selling the card only so uh, the, the second person the card only was asking was asking was asking for ninety two dollars. Um, the person the person selling the CID copy was wanting a, a whopping three hundred twenty dollars. Uh, like, like this copy of the game. So yeah, very very expensive very obscure game to uh, a very ser- obscure game. Uh, unless you're a big, unless you're a big, uh, pinball collector, or, or somebody who, somebody who, who, needs, who, needs, who needs to have a complete system, probably best off, just, uh, probably best off just, like, playing, um, you know, just playing, um, I'd probably, probably best off just, like, playing this, playing emulation, for sure, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would highly recommend uh, emulating this.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, definitely, so, um, Welcome back, Joe. Uh a little bit <laughs> little bit little bit so a little bit behind the scenes, uh, uh uh behind the scenes here. Joe was having a couple internet problems uh, problems uh, problems here, but no worries. Um so uh yeah, so we've so, so we finished talking about the last stage of the game, uh Joe, which was the which was the um Common Rider. Uh yeah, yeah. Rider yep. one. Uh what'd you think about that one?
0: I actually really enjoyed that one. Um that was the one with the train tracks and all that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good level. Um, That was um, probably my second favorite. I really liked the Gundam one, um, but um, you know the slowdown kind of killed it. But this one um, almost designed sort of the same way, but um, less slowdown and a lot of the cool little animations. um, I noticed like the blades of grass that I had mentioned earlier. You know, in the wind was on this particular board. So I I thoroughly enjoyed that level.
1: Yeah. Yep. Definitely agree. I think uh, for me personally, I think like this is my favorite level. With the Ultraman, the Ultraman one being second. Um. So, but they, uh Yeah. So. Oh. Oh no. I thought the tables were all pretty well designed for the most part. I thought they did some very interesting things. Hmm. Uh. Some s- s- some tables with some tables with different screens. I'm sure Nick, you could probably watch for this too. They uh, they feel pretty similar. So it's like you know you play one, you play them yeah. all. So. But in this one, I think they did a good job of separating of separating all of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, now that I'm looking at a screenshot, Craig, I see what the field bonus is. Um, <laughs> that What that is is uh, something that you uh, get on the play field in order to help you. So in this case, in the screenshot that I'm looking at right here, it says kickback. Uh, if your ball falls out the left out lane, then the ball will be automatically kicked back into play. Mm. Um, so that, you, that makes sense. I, I don't
1: don't know why I didn't make that. Yeah, I, I don't know don't know why I didn't make that connection. But you're it, right. It yep.
2: doesn't have any like on a typical machine. There'd be some kind of verbiage somewhere. So you just have to know what kickback means <laughs> <laughs> Yes. In this. Yes. And um, it also doesn't tell you how to qualify any of that stuff. Um, you know, there's your guess is as good as mine. Unfortunately, I didn't. Yeah, take uh, high quality notes there. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The problem, that, yeah, the problem with this
1: game, like I said before in the past, is like you know, this that they're, uh, they're, uh, like it's a very obscure game. There's very little information out there on it. Um, so it's like, there's a couple of good YouTube videos that, um, especially the game and play. There's, there's a couple of brief write-ups here and there, but there nobody's done an article on this game. There's nothing on Wikipedia about it. Uh, the information on this game online is very, very scarce. Period. So this is a very hard thing to research for. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but, but 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 yeah. So it's like. We just don't. I, I couldn't even find a copy of the manual. I mean, like you know, nobody. <laughs> wow. You know, much less, much less translating uh, Yeah, yeah. Much less anybody like translating. the translating it though. So it's like, um, um. I pol- So I apologize for the fact for the, for the fact we're making guesses at some of the stuff in this game. But it's like, really, <laughs> but 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 between it being Japanese and just being like very obscure, it, um, a lot, a lot of information we just figured out through trial and error. Yeah. Fortunately, so. yeah. But,
2: and you but, know. Uh, Based on on my lack of skill, you know, I only got to see you know the parts that I got to see. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I apologize that I didn't have have more there, but uh, you know, hopefully that gives everybody a little taste of uh, what what the tables are and and gets them interested in playing it because I think it's it's well worth playing. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and like definitely, I uh, agree with that. And like we was saying before, Nick, this is the kind of game that really, that really would have been either impossible or very, very difficult to do in physical form. Oh yeah, this is the kind of game that really can only be done well in the, uh, well, like a video game format. Mm. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, but yeah, so uh, I think we already pretty much shared uh, like shared most of our impressions, impressions on this game. Uh, very different pinball game. If you enjoy, if you enjoy pinball with like a bit of different, uh, a bit of like you know. A bit more luck a bit more action to it this one's definitely worth checking out yeah no so, um but uh um but yeah so um so the japanese of the game is minor enough that the uh, minor that's really not going to hinder you as far as the as far as the actual is for the gameplay and hopefully uh, hopefully this podcast will also help you fill in some of the pieces as what's going on uh with the gameplay and what to do and whatnot so um you know but uh yeah so um I um so Nick mentioned like like Nick mentioned before some examples about some uh, some examples about some other games like this one that are available uh available to us here in the west um so by so, like so like so check those games out also uh if you enjoy this kind of format uh for this definitely but yeah do either one of you guys have any like final thoughts uh um like as far as the game goes
2: yeah. Um, just like I say, it's, it's well worth the play. So, uh, if, if you have any interest in, in pinball or, uh, action games in general, I think it's a, a well put together game and there's enough variety in here that, uh, you know, it's worth a look at least.
1: Yeah. definitely. And I
0: second uh, that and I I couldn't say yeah. it any better. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: awesome. But they, uh, uh, yeah, great. So, uh, always, fun always fun to cover pinball Yeah, so yes, it's always fun to cover. Like, always fun to cover pinball games. It's always, it's always fun to have you on the podcast, Nick. So, want well, to thank you again very much for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the podcast to talk about this again.
2: Well, thanks very much for having me.
1: But uh, uh, yeah, so um, uh, so uh, kind of like so we kind of teased this too. Like we kind of teased, this, teased this earlier. Uh, what are you currently uh, working on right now, um, uh, Nick? And do you have anything? Uh, and do you have anything at all that you want to, like, plug, uh, plug I mention, or, uh, um, uh, the advertise?
2: Well, uh, Greg, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, this is the, uh, full-on advertisement portion of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, co-authored a book, uh, with a really good friend of mine, uh, my best friend Ryan Clayter, who is a fantastic, uh, comic illustrator on, uh, the history of pinball. So, uh, it's called Coin-Op Carnival, and it's available from coinopcarnival.com. Uh, we interview the most prolific electromechanical designer, uh, he designed, uh, a large number of games over a large number of years uh he is still with us today he's 102 years old um and he's just a fascinating fascinating person so um we were lucky enough to to talk with him and this is the first of a four volume series uh each volume is going to contain game reviews uh interviews uh with designers and uh technical information so i write an article in each one detailing how uh, the games are constructed and how those elements fit together in order to make uh, a game that that functions. Um, On top of that, I uh, create a lot of uh, pinball stuff, so I uh, have hosted a podcast for many years called For Amusement Only, uh, and that has over 450 episodes. Um, it's being recorded rather sporadically at the moment uh, my daughter has joined me as a co-host and um, It's uh, being recorded sporadically mostly because of all the the other stuff that I'm doing with <laughs> hobby stuff, so um, We just haven't had a whole lot of time to uh, sit down and do that, but um, I've created homebrew games uh So last time I was on, I think I was making a game called the Multi Bingo, and that had 142 individual uh, pinball games that I've reverse engineered wire for wire and put into a single cabinet. I did the same with a a series of horse racing games that's called Multi Races. Um, Both of those I bring to pinball shows uh, when they start happening again. I'll be doing that. Um, at some point, I hope to make it up to Pintastic New England, so uh, Greg, if that happens, I'll be sure to let you know, and hopefully cool. we can meet up. But yeah, um, that'd be fun. Uh, I also started work on a pinball platform called the P3. It's made by a company called Multimorphic, and uh, the P3 has swappable playfield modules, Um, They're about a third of a typical playfield size, and the rest of the playfield is a screen that the ball travels over, and it can sense anywhere that the ball is on that screen. Uh, So you can have some pretty cool ball interaction um, with the elements that are on the screen at the time. So if you think of, like, Battle Pinball, where there's something moving back and forth and you hit it with the pinball, uh, you can do that uh, with this P3 platform. So my first project for that was to port, uh, well, port, actually redesigned the game called Quest for Glory, which is a point-and-click adventure game. Um, and I built it ground up for the P3. Um, and that was a lot of fun and extremely complicated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I did learn uh, that you can, in fact, have a point-and-click adventure game with the pinball, and I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I'll check... Yeah, I'll to check that out because I ch- check that out
1: because I love Quest for Glory. Like that's the um uh you know the, you know you know that's my favorite the, my favorite the favorite Sierra computer series like back in the day. Same. I spent a lot of time playing that. So
2: S- same but, for uh, me. So I, yeah. I I was very interested to do that and uh, redid all the artwork, uh, took the music and reorchestrated it. Um, you know, just a, a huge. Labor of Love. Unfortunately, I can't sell that one because I don't own the rights to it. Um, in retrospect, you could
1: contact Activision. I uh, maybe I, I
2: actually have a, a lawyer working on that at the moment. Uh, the problem oh, is cool. they okay. they don't respond to uh, individual requests, so yeah, um, uh. I had had to get a lawyer involved. But um, and they haven't responded to them either. So. Great. <laughs> uh, you know the the thing is that I, I just want to give it away for free, and they they don't want Anything to do with that, I guess, because it's, you know, not a big moneymaker for them, obviously. Um, Yeah,
1: obviously, so...
2: Not a lot of upsides for them, basically, is what I'm saying. Anyway, but uh, you will be able to play that at a pinball show. Uh, You know, I can bring my copy of it, and uh, people can can give that a try, so I'll be bringing that. Along with uh, the first commercial game which I produced, which is called Ranger in the Ruins. It is the second game, uh, pinball game, with internet connectivity. Uh, This is a roguelike game pinball experience, uh, as I like to call it, where when you die uh, the last item that you collected is uh, carried over with your ghost, and uh, other players all over the world can stumble across your ghost and pick up the item from it. Um, and there are a variety of items in the game. Uh, your your overall goal is to uh, gain the sum of human knowledge in this post-apocalyptic world and bring it back to uh, your uh, settlement um, it's uh, really challenging I um, took the some of the design um, influence from much older games uh, some of the things which I, I feel have gone away over the years like uh, point values which are always shown on the play field um, I I really like having that because otherwise you really have no idea what's most valuable to shoot for when you walk up to a modern machine um, so, uh, that's been received pretty well, and, and, uh, I've been working on a second game now, and my younger daughter is, uh, working with me on the rules, we're having a good time with that. Uh, that's got a very large number of callouts, uh, and, uh, you know, I've hired, um, different voice actors for that, and, um, I'm just in the, in the middle of... Uh, alpha right now for that and uh, it's it's a very long process to go from uh, nothing to alpha alpha to beta and then finally to release so um, one of those experiences that, that you get is uh, the things that you don't know but think you know <laughs> like um, how to present various data like coin data to uh, potential players on, on the screen and so forth so um a lot of a lot of little elements like that, um, which you know make for a very polished release, but uh, take a lot of time. So that's that's kind of where I'm at now, and uh, I'm hoping to release more details about that soon, um, but uh, not not quite yet. Uh, okay. But yeah, so Coinop Carnival and uh, RangerInTheRuins.com. Uh, those are those are the two big things. If you're if you're interested.
1: Awesome. Uh, so do you have a website that you update with updates, or where people, <laughs> you know, or uh, uh, or where can folks I find your uh, podcast at? That,
2: that's a, a good point. I, w- I was thinking about that. Um, and I, I don't have one that contains all the stuff. I, I typically have uh, development blogs on a uh, website called Pinside.com um, for each of the projects. And uh, then the podcast is at ForAmusementOnly.Libsyn.com. Cool.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, it's definitely... Wow, I mean, I mean, like my hats off to you, dude, because that's definitely a lot of work. Very impressive. Just like you know, all the like, like, all that time and money and effort being spent on the uh, uh, like all that. Stuff. Definitely, definitely labor of love, like you were saying. So, um, you know, I wish you all the best success, uh, like that, like going forward.
2: Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't wouldn't do it if it wasn't. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, I look forward to hearing what you think of that uh, quest for glory because that's um, it, it was made for someone like you so <laughs> <'Cause>,
1: <laughs> well hopefully I'll be able to make it to that uh, yeah because uh, uh yeah hopefully this year uh the pinball uh, I mean the pinball expo uh, uh and, and masters will happen uh, this year hopefully so mm-hmm. like you know I think you said it was going to be November this year so hopefully I'll be able to make that
2: yeah they just sent the the dates actually right before we sat down to record so uh um, oh awesome nice. yeah <laughs> yeah so, um, but
1: ho- uh hopefully yeah but yeah hopefully um so uh, yeah, so uh, just to finish up the podcast real quick. I forgot to mention this earlier, so I do apologize. I do want to shoehorn this. I, I do want to shoehorn this little bit of information in because I do think it's interesting. <laughs> um, because the uh, uh, the company we mentioned we mentioned earlier, uh, Ben Presto, the company which produced uh, uh, this whole series of games, including like Battle Pinball, uh, that was owned by Bandai. Um, they actually they actually uh, I forgot to mention this. They actually started back in 1977. as a company called Hawaii. Uh, and then became Coral in 1982, and then was actually bought by, uh, bought by Bandai uh, Bandai like 1989. Uh, they, actually, um, as Hawaii, uh, they actually, as Hawaii, they actually, as Hawaii slash they actually developed some games for Sega in the arcades,
2: hmm.
1: one of them being Pengo, which is a game that I love. So yeah. that's actually, that's actually, that's actually, that's actually, that's actually by the company that became, that became this company. So that's pretty cool. So, um, and yeah, Ben Presto is actually no longer, no longer around. Uh, Bandai dissolved the company in, in, in 2019 and, and merged them into Bandai. So, um, so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so um, Joe, how about you? If somebody wants to try, um, uh, if, if somebody, if somebody wants to talk to you, how can they? How can they do so?
0: Oh, I don't talk to people. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you, can <laughs> find, you can find me on Twitter at joesux30, and that's really the best place to, you know, get at me.
1: Awesome. All right, so uh, what game do you want us to look at next time, Joe? Because it's your pick. <laughs> you
0: are gonna hate me. We're going from very Japanese to very American. We're going to do the action platformer, Ah Real Monsters, presented by Nickelodeon.
1: You know, I've actually never played that game. I uh, um um you know, I've actually heard some decent things about it. So, so like so, I don't mind checking it out. Yeah,
0: spoiler, it's not that bad of a game. <laughs> We're gonna have fun with this. I, I can guarantee it. <laughs>
1: That was, that was cross-platform too. That was also yes. Genesis. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, looking forward to it then. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, thanks again, as always, Joe, for joining us on the podcast. Sure. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, Nick again, very uh, Nick again, very uh, uh, many, uh, many, uh, many special thanks to you for taking time out of, uh, taking time to join us again. Uh, again, again, again. A quick look behind the scenes. We had to reschedule this uh, <laughs> reschedule this from last weekend. So uh, I like so. So, like, so Nick making time on his busy, busy schedule, uh, as you just as you just heard, how busy he is uh, to uh, join us for, 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 this, for this episode is very much appreciated, sir. Yeah. So thank you again. very much.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks very much for having me and uh, for recommending this super fun game. <laughs> um, yeah, that- we'll have to have you back
1: in a few months. Yeah, we'll have to have you back uh, later on this year to talk about another uh, uh, pinball game. There's a couple, of, uh, um, you know, you know, like I said before, there's a couple of pinball games out there. Show so the, uh, the system, 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 the, system that both, uh, you know they look pretty. And, um. You know, it looks like pretty interesting.
2: Uh, well, anytime. Thanks. Thanks so much, no guys. No problem.
1: Sure. I uh, definitely. So thank you. Thank again, everybody out there for joining us as always. Uh, if you want to, um, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, et cetera, you can feel feel free to feel free to to, to to post on Facebook. Um, we have a group, a couple groups on there. Or you also can send me an email directly to the SNS podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, there's a couple folks. Who stream Super NES stuff on Twitch pretty regularly? Who will post on the uh, on Facebook like when they're live? So check that out. Um, it's great to have people like actually twitching like older games too uh, as well, not uh, um 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 and not just like modern stuff. I, I love that. It's great. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I definitely so I definitely want to support those guys like um you know if possible. So but uh, um yeah. So um as always as always we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks again as always, and I hope everybody out there stay safe. Take- Uh, uh, as well, and take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Later on, Nintendo
0: controls 80% of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac Man. Now you're playing with power.
2: power.